people aren't buying books in bookstores the way they used to be. I'm, you know, former bookstore owner here. I wish they were, but Amazon just announced they're closing all their brick and mortar bookstores. Bookstores are not where sales are happening. They're happening online. So you can reach online buyers with uh, self-publishing. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, I'm Melinda Emerson, small biz lady, America's number one small business expert. And I'm so excited to welcome you to another episode of the Small Biz Chat podcast. Tonight's show is really a good one. Now here on the Small Biz Chat podcast, we talk about how to start and grow a successful small business. My guests have amazing insight to share, and they will give you savage advice from multiple angles. So now it is time for me to introduce my guest, Stephanie Chandler. She's the author of several books, including the nonfiction book publishing plan. And she's also the CEO of the Nonfiction Authors Association, a vibrant community of writers. And she's the creator of the Nonfiction Writers Conference, a live event conducted entirely online since 2010. She is a frequent speaker at business events and on the radio, and she's been featured in Entrepreneur Business Week, The Writer, Writer's Digest, and Wired Magazine. And quite as is kept, she's also one of my very, very good friends. So Stephanie, thank you so much for being here tonight on the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Hey, Melinda, always fun to chat with you. All right, you got to tell my audience your origin story like how did you become the book whisperer like, like how did you become like so knowledgeable about the book business you know I mean it's a twisty turny path I'm a Silicon Valley refugee I left in 2003 opened a bookstore thought I'd write novels found out I was a terrible novelist in the meantime, I was blogging before blogging was a thing. I was advising business people. That's how you and I met kind of in the same circle with small business. And I had all these people coming to me saying, you know, how do I get my book done? Well, I had self-published. I've been traditionally published. And then I started speaking at writers conferences and I was looking around going, why isn't anybody talking to those of us who write nonfiction? I mean, there was one conference where I spoke there were 300 attendees. I was the only one there who wrote a business book. And I thought, this is weird. Where are my people? <laughs> so I started a conference in 2010, the Nonfiction Writers Conference. Had no idea if anybody would attend, but they did. And they came back year after year. And then they kept saying, how do we keep in touch when this is over? And that led to starting the Nonfiction Authors Association in 2013. So I kind of listened to my audience and found my path unfolding before me, really. Well, that's really interesting. You you looked around and said, you know, where, where are my people at? <laughs> I think that's fascinating. But, you know, I think people who convene things learn a lot of very valuable information. And with that, I want to ask you, what is the number one question that someone should ask themselves before writing a book? I think it's a two-parter. It's who is my audience and why are they going to care about this book? 
and so many new writers miss this point. If you're not thinking about an audience and how your book is going to benefit them in some way, and I'm talking about nonfiction, then you're going to miss the mark. So it's really important to get clear about your audience. What are their challenges? What are their needs? What are their interests? And how do you meet those needs, challenges, and interests? Otherwise, your book is just going to get lost in the sea because there's so much competition today. Oh, yeah. Or or you're going to end up with 5,000 copies in your garage. That that's, that's the other thing that can happen to you. So let, let's talk about this traditional book deals. Can people still get them? I mean, I know my book is published by Simon & Schuster. I've also have a book that was self-published, but I, you know, I get people all the time. Well, how, and how can I get a deal with, with Simon & Schuster? I said, look, I don't even know how I got my deal and my book has been in print for 11 years. So don't ask me that question because I can't answer it, but you can. So are traditional book deals still attainable for people? They are, but they're certainly harder to get than they used to be. I mean, the number one thing is if you want a traditional book publisher deal, you need to have an audience. They want authors that are coming to them with a built-in audience that are going to ensure that books are going to sell. So if you have a large following on social media, a large mailing list, high traffic website, any of those things, large podcast listenership, that makes you appealing to traditional publishers, but you also just can't call up Simon & Schuster and say, hey, take my book. They will only <laughs> deal with literary agents. So Melinda, your, your deal was really special because they came to you and that can happen too as you're building your platform. I mean, I've had countless opportunities come my way over the years. So I think it's good incentive to do the work of marketing and building our presence online because it does open up all kinds of opportunities. All right, so let's talk about the downsides of traditional publishing. I mean, I don't want to throw my publisher on the bus, so I'm going to let you tell it. But <laughs> let's talk about, you know, the rough side of, of traditional publishing. Yeah, I have a lot of opinions around this. And, you know, mind you, I am traditionally published multiple books. And I got really turned off by traditional publishing um, for several reasons. Number one, you lose all control. So if you're a type A control freak like me, that's really hard to give up. I had a publisher call and say, we want you to remove a chapter from the book. We don't care which one. We're trying to cut costs. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, they can change your title. They can give you a cover you don't like. Uh, and by the way, they're only going to pay you about a dollar a book. I mean, the royalties are pitiful. So I think there's a lot of downsides uh, to traditional publishing and self-publishing is easier than it's ever been. It's so accessible. And by the way, people aren't buying books in bookstores the way they used to be. I'm mean, you know, former bookstore owner here. I wish they were, but Amazon just announced they're closing all their brick and mortar bookstores. Bookstores are not where sales are happening. They're happening online. So you can reach online buyers with uh, self-publishing. All right. So let's talk about self-publishing. When I hear people talk about it, it's like Amazon publishing versus Ingram Spark. Like what, like, I, I know you must hear about this constantly and I don't have any experience with either one. So I don't, you know, I don't have a dog in the fight or an opinion to give, but can you share with me, you know, some best practices when you're considering what to do? Yeah, so, I mean, true self-publishing means that you establish a publishing company, you register it as a business or create a DBA under your existing business. It involves registering ISBN numbers, little number that goes on the back of the book. It involves hiring multiple editors, your typesetter, your ebook formatter, your cover designer. 
perhaps an indexer. There's a lot more to, to publishing a book than people realize. So that is true self-publishing. And then you have to pick your printer. Print on demand is very popular today because instead of having to store 5,000 books in your garage, you can print one book at a time. It's easy to make changes. And there are companies like Amazon's KDP, um, Ingram Spark, those will get your books uh, distributed for you. So my personal preference between the two, I like my print books with Ingram Spark and my Kindle edition, I go directly to KDP. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Amazon, as I think a lot of authors and publishers would tell you. And so that's my recommendation. Well, I appreciate that advice because I had no way to tell people what to do. All right. So I know you talked just a moment ago about what's involved in self-publishing, but isn't it more about the promotion of the book? Like getting the book done is like the step one, but then you got to let the world know this book is coming out. And I, that's so much harder than writing the book, isn't it? Well, you know, you just went through a relaunch on your book. It is a ton of work. And I see so many authors think that they're done because the book has gone to print, right? And that's just beginning. So, you know, you need to be building an audience. That's the bottom line. There's a reason the traditional publishers want authors who have an audience because they know the books are going to sell. So whether you do it yourself or you're going with the traditional publisher, we all need to be cultivating an audience, a tribe of influence, people that are going to want to buy that book the minute it comes out. And you, you have a lot of work to put in to get the, the word out. I can't say amen, amen enough. I mean, really, I, I tell people all the time, what the publisher gives you is paper and ink. You have to sell the book. And whether you do traditional publishing or self-publishing, you are going to sell every copy of that book. And what I like to tell people about books is, you know, if you're thinking about writing a book, the first thing I want you to think about is what is it that you want this book to do for you? Because it is an expensive and painstaking process. And when I say it's expensive, I mean, you have to hire your own publicist. I remember when my book first came out in 2010, I wrote my own press release. They didn't even write a press release for me. So you know, hire your own publicist for three to six months. These are expensive things to do. And I'm not sure that the person, I, I meet so many people who tell me they have a book in them, right? And I'm always like, okay, well, <laughs> what is it that you want this book to do for you? Because I just, I just worry about people that, you know, bet the farm on these books. And it's like the only people that get rich doing books is like, Stephen King, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and so I, I tell people all the time, I said, books are rather expensive business cards. I mean, they can be. So with that, what, what tips do you have on getting a book written? Like, like, how do you get the book done? Yeah, so, and I think it is a great business card. So if you're going to speak or do any of those things, you absolutely should have a book. Uh, and sitting down to write it, sounds like a, a gigantic task, but it doesn't have to be that painful. So I think the key is to start with an outline, sit down and do the biggest brain dump and figure out what are the topics that you're going to cover in this book. I do this with a stack of index cards. I put every little detail interview I want to include piece of information and I will spread it out on the floor and then I will start to organize it. That becomes my outline. And then if you sit down and let's say 
you just set a goal to write 600 words a day. That's about two tight pages. If you did that for 60 days, you'd have 36,000 words. Today, that's a shorter book, which is trendy. You're done. You've got a manuscript. So it's really, if you take it in bite-sized pieces, I think it's very doable to write a book. I agree with you. When I worked on Become Your Own Boss the first time, you know, back in 08, 09, I got up every morning and wrote from 5 to 7 a.m. before my family woke up, like before anybody started moving around. And that was like my time to work on my book. And I did it religiously. And that's how I got it done. Now, my book was 65,000 words, you know, because back then that's what the contracts were for. And then, of course, after I got it done, they made me cut 5,000 words. But We don't want to go there. But one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is you have seen so many people struggle with book marketing. You've created some courses to help people, haven't you? I have. Yeah. So I created a book marketing master course. It's a really intense six-week program, um, but it's going great. We've run it twice so far. We'll run it again this fall. And it really takes you through the entire process. It includes a workbook. And we created an optional certification program as well. We have a lot of publishing industry professionals out there. I wanted to see some consistent marketing practices. I was having a hard time recommending marketing consultants. So now folks are going through our program and we also have a publishing master course on certification program as well. So both are an option and we're thrilled to see so many people coming through them and really learning so much about the industry. And the people that are taking your courses, you're like being able to make them like mega referrals like right away, right? Because I don't know about you, but people ask me for book editors and stuff all the time. Yeah, we have recommended resources at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. It's the most visited part of the website. And so all the certified pros get listed there. And we're already, I mean, within weeks of them going live, we started hearing, I'm getting clients, I'm getting clients. One of them landed her biggest client she's ever had. So I love hearing that. And it plus, we want to be able to recommend people. We feel comfortable recommending, right? So I feel really good knowing they have a process to follow. That's great stuff. Well, listen, when we come right back on the Small Biz Chat podcast, we're going to talk more with Stephanie Chandler about the book business. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, your host, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, and I want to welcome you to Small Biz Lady University. Our mission here is to end small business failure. So all of the courses here are about two things, how to become your own boss or how to make money online. So that's what we do here. So whether you wanna learn about email marketing and sales funnels, or you're ready to get started with social media selling, or if you're really just getting started with e-commerce, you might wanna jump into our how to sell and market online course. Either way, if you want to learn how to become your own boss and do it well, I have everything you need here at smallbizladyuniversity.com. If you have any questions or have any technical problems getting signed up, just email us at support at melindaemerson.com. Take care. Welcome back. I'm here with my guest, Stephanie Chandler. She is the CEO of the Nonfiction Writers Association. All right, Steph, how early should you start promoting a book? You know, we talked about building an audience. I think that should start today, yesterday, last year. But the book itself, 
get a few months of a runway going. You know, I think it's really fun to involve your social media audience. Maybe you're working on cover design and you can put them out there and have them vote. People love to participate. So start to kind of build that buzz, get people excited. But I like a three-month runway, maybe at most. I don't think you need a lot more than that. I think that's a fair, that's fair advice. And what are some of your favorite book marketing strategies? I think one of the biggest underutilized opportunities for authors is podcasting. Go be a guest. You know, there are probably millions of podcasts at this point. And podcast hosts tell me all the time, I need guests, I need guests, I need guests. Melinda, last week you said, I need a guest, I need a guest, I need a guest. So we need guests, right? So this is a great opportunity, especially for nonfiction authors with a message or if you, you know, whatever your experience is, you can go be a guest on a podcast. You can also do the same thing with your local news. I really believe we should all be building an email list. In fact, if you gave me the choice between my email list and my Twitter account, I will take email every day of the week. Email is an asset nobody can take away from you. So these are some of the really big things that I want authors to focus on if you want to build a long-term career and actually sell some of those books. I agree. I agree. All right, Steph, what is the best business advice that you've ever gotten? I love this question. And I always flash back to the Silicon Valley when I got plucked out of customer support and put into a sales role with a $4 million quota. And I was sitting in the parking lot with the boss who recruited me. We were heading into a big dot com. I won't say who, but you would know the CEO right now. And she looked at me and she said, you walk in that room like you own it. And it was truly the best advice. And I don't view that as a fake it to make it. I view that as step into your confidence and the rest falls into place. And so I have found that to be really valuable, especially because I've done a lot of crazy things like launching an online conference before anybody was doing those types of things. And if you come at it feeling confident, other people respond to that. So it's really fun to talk about this, Melinda. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Stephanie. Stephanie, what's your favorite podcast? I'm a Brene Brown super fan. I love her podcasts, both of them. I love her books. I haven't heard her podcast, but I do love her. What is your favorite business app? What is your favorite? My favorite business app. I think Trello is super cool. It's really fun to create boards in Trello. That's interesting. Trello makes me crazy, but (laughs) I'm glad that you like it. All right, Stephanie, what is your favorite old school marketing tip? I think that we should all be out speaking. Speak to your audience. There's opportunities in your own backyard, Rotary Club, Chamber of Commerce, you name it. You can go and promote your business as a speaker, regardless of what your business is. Love it, love it, love it. You are exactly right. All right, Stephanie, I know this is a hard question for you, but what is your favorite (laughs) business book you've ever read? My brain hurts. I want to list like 12, but I'm going to go with Seth Godin's Tribes. I love the emphasis on the power of community. I think it really planted a seed for me in building a community and just had a lot of impact in my business in a lot of ways. He's just a wonderful writer anyway. He is, he is. He's written so many good ones. I mean, Purple Cow is one of my favorite ones from him. Listen, thank you all so much for joining me for this latest episode of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I really enjoy doing this. And our mission is to end small business failure. 
If you're out here still working on your digital pivot, be sure to check out Small Biz Lady University and my brand new course, Social Media Selling. I want to give you the tools you need to finally start generating the money you deserve online. Thank you all so much for being with us tonight. And I want to leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. Good night, everybody. And God bless. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.